Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall with my guys Mike and Robbie to talk some kicks. What's going on, fellas? Yo, not much. I'm just uh, super immersed in the NBA again. I think I'm just happy to have something on TV that's not like a rerun of something I've already watched. And yeah, that's about all I'm doing lately. What about you, Robbie? Very similar, but I'm like the opposite. I'll be watching like 30 Rock or something or Trailer Park Boys. And I realized, oh, yeah, basketball's on at one in the afternoon. And then like I'll go and it's, the game's mostly over. So I've been like missing a lot of the good stuff. I'm, I'm sacrificing the, the Laker game. On top of that, I'm supposed to be one of the faces tonight on the Laker game. But I'm foregoing that to record with you guys because I got another spot later this week. But nice. Nice. Other than the Lakers, I don't know what the hell's going on. Rockets are undefeated. Um, just wants to say that. Yeah, the <laughs> Kings aren't doing anything. <laughs> hey, yeah. um, De'Aaron Fox cut his hair. I, I did that. see that. I saw a photo of him, and I, I, re- I recognized the Kobe's because nobody else wears that nine EXT snakeskin. Like nobody on earth wears that shoe. And then I saw that's De'Aaron cut his cut his hair off. Okay, but his shoes. A lot of people wear Kobe's, but what makes him different is that nobody comes out there rocking high top Kobe's consistently in the weirdest ass colorways. And still, <laughs> do you reckon like the red suede pieces? No, they're not even suede. So the red one is more of like, imagine the Kobe six. No, this is a better analogy. The Kobe seven postseason it had like the divots in the top of it, like really oh, kind of. Oh like, yeah. Now I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Kind of material. And then there's two pairs of EXT snakeskin, one in like normal Python kind of look mm-hmm. and another black pair. They're super yeah. stiff. All the tooling's the same. They didn't like knock down the zoom or anything, but from no finite construction and, you know, constrictive materials, how he goes out there in those shoes is just, <laughs> Those things can't breathe, right? They can't. They can't breathe whatsoever. How we talk about PJ Tucker so much, and he went 0 for six where I was watching the game, and he gets all the play, but Swipe is out here putting up 30 something, <laughs> the hardest wearing shoe, and gets and gets no airtime. Dude, so. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's literally because of, like there's no reason PJ Tucker should be on the floor half the time. I mean, he's a decent defender, but. I mean, you texted about this earlier. I was literally just like yelling at my TV after the first three. I'm like, oh, okay, a little cold. It's all right. He hits a corner three. That's a shot. 
when he just started just bricking everything, I'm like, if y'all pass me the ball one more time, I'm quitting this game. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, obviously I'm a De'Aaron fan. Yeah. 39 points. First, first game back against the Spurs. That was, that was nice, but I don't, I don't understand his, uh, his commitment to those Kobe's. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I have to, I have to defend PJ a little bit because his defense is he's nice on defense, man. I got I you. Mean, just don't don't look for open three if you go miss thirty of them. Hey, sh- know yourself. What, what is it? <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot until you're on. When you're off, shoot until you're on. <laughs> he's not like it's, there's a difference between Steph Curry going zero for six. Like, yeah, Steph, keep letting him fly. PJ Tucker, <laughs> I mean, he made the seventh. So in his defense, he's proving me wrong right there. But yeah, man, defense is cool. But I mean, we dude, need we need defense because we're a small team. But it's just so frustrating to watch that happen. I'm like, bro, I understand it. I understand our analytics play, but we have two options: either you hit a three or you go to the basket. Go to the basket. You're a big guy. Like you can take the take the blow. It's true. <laughs> we will discuss more of this and the know your sports. <laughs> Know Your Roots podcast. I can't even plug my own show right. <laughs> know Your Roots podcast. Actually, that, I, I, I did want to shout out that that last episode was good because I, I was, even as a basketball fan, was a little bit confused about how the NBA was planning to make all this happen. Uh, so if you didn't listen to, to Rowett and Robbie, uh, what was it, the, the last upload? Last Thursday, I guess right? a week ago, right? Yeah. Um, so last last thursday of july um it, it was a really good episode to talk if you're a basketball fan definitely check that out i know a lot of I, i'm like skip bayless if the drip was real oh <laughs> <laughs> a rap line logic needs to talk to me before using that line i'm just saying well he's retired now so it's all it's yours called, bro. it's called money you everybody got to retire jay-z retired and you knew when he came back, he was going to sell a million records. <laughs> are you okay? But question, are you looking for the next Logic record after his retirement? Like you're looking for the next Jay-Z album after that? Fair. Good point. No. <laughs> Ran- random, random, random fact. I actually worked for AT&T back when the Black album dropped, and that was supposed to be his last album, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the last one. And, and they came out like where it came on that little Nokia phone. You got the whole album and you got a black Nokia phone. It was like had the little like thumb controls and stuff. Hey. It is, but um, it, it, that was uh, those some some fun times. Yeah, that should be a thumbnail for this episode. The black Nokia phone with the black album. I don't care what we talk about. That's the thumbnail. Yeah, for real. For real. Well, actually, um, I mean, I guess. Should we circle back to this or just bring it up now while we're talking about Jay-Z? Um, very many moons ago, we brought up the fact that he's the – was it director of basketball for Puma or director of – like he's a high-level consultant if not directly involved with Puma. I don't know yeah, he's a director or something like – not a creative director, but he's something out there. So can we just give – can we give Jay-Z this – even more infinite props for like all the J Cole stuff this week. And the fact that he signed J Cole to rock nation back in the day, like just the levels of genius from the black album 
to like signing J. Cole to now all this great Puma stuff happening. I know like the Puma stuff is like, you know, a, a, a footnote in his career. But like, damn, Jay-Z, like even behind the scenes and quietly, you know, he has something to do with all this. Oh, dude, even better. You want to add some more some more praise to that? All this J. Cole stuff has literally got the Pistons sent out a tweet or, yeah, basically a tweet and say, hey, come for a tryout. Because he's thinking about trying out. He, I guess he's been talking to Master P. He's like, hey, how'd you do it? So he wants to give it a, a, a good try, see if he can make it into the league. And Pistons already offered an invitation to him. I good. mean – more power to him if he can make it happen. I think that's dope. I, I yeah, mean, it's, I think it's worth taking a shot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Why? If someone offered me just a tryout, I'm like, hey, I can always say I tried out for whatever team. I mean, you also have to yeah. remember the Pistons do not ever get talked about. So that tweet you alluded to is the first time the Pistons have been <laughs> So that's why you say that. Even if you're not serious about it. For two days, we talked about the Pistons. Oh, yeah. They're smart. Their social media guy is a genius. Yeah. Shout out to Blake Griffin. But all right. I mean, mean, that's that's not true, though, Robbie, because Blake Griffin's divorce was in the news, too. So, I mean, the Pistons were mentioned twice. Blake Griffin married? (laughs) I didn't know. Oh, it was was like, I don't remember how. It was like a crazy amount of money. It's like. His his ex wife is gonna get like two hundred and sixty grand a month or something in Ooh, child support. Dang! So I just want to make I, that in a year. I don't care if exactly. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, but if you're bringing that much to the table, it's twenty twenty. Have a prenup. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, side note: Dr. Dre <laughs> snuck one in because he's gonna uh, get divorced. He's like, oh, by the way, yeah, no, you can have a. I I, I got you on the support, but you ain't getting none of my property. That's crazy. That's oh, but so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back again to Jay Z because that that was the funniest thing when he so when it was announced that he was like gonna be a part of Puma in some way, almost I don't I don't want to pick on anybody, but a lot of outlets basically said he's gonna be the head of basketball operations mm-hmm. or president of basketball operations, and literally by the end of the day, Puma had to put out a second statement that was essentially like. Uh, his his deal was the designation was as creative director. There it is, creative director. Either way, just having just having him around for it is going to be good for business, you know. Yeah. Well, we need to look at the timeline, and we'll revisit this on another episode. Maybe when we talk more about rappers and shoes. But like, he must have had something to do with J Cole and all this stuff, just because hundred percent understanding his talent from a very early time and then what they're doing together now has just been killer yeah, yeah it, definitely i have to agree with you on that yeah, there's no way uh, jay-z didn't have his hand in like maneuvering pieces for this well and i i think it's it's just one of those things where once you once you have one on jay cole's side once you have somebody you trust that already has dealt with those people and, and has a deal with them in some way you're more comfortable even if it might not be your very first choice And then on the flip side, it's kind of like, you know, you also kind of have like if Jay-Z is going to have more value, you know, if he's got equity in the company or assets that are going to appreciate by bringing on people he really believes in, it makes sense for him to pull Jay to pull Jay Cole into the Puma, you know, family anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So. But 
Yeah, I, I, I think we, we definitely should do like a, a an episode on on, you know, like entertainers and sneaker deals and that kind of stuff, because there's some fascinating stuff that I think is out there that hasn't really been talked about enough that people probably would love to hear about. So we'll do that in a future episode. But nice. um, before before we get into this episode, what are you guys looking at copping? What are you guys rocking this week? Anything? Well, if everyone has seen our social media lately, we are been trying to rock everything we got with 31 pairs in 31 days of August. So today, which is Monday, I wore my Puma Sky Dreamers just, you know, as I'm preparing myself to hopefully get a pair of these RS Dreamers. So I figured I'd put those on. Um, what I'm looking at copping, you know, fingers crossed. The uh, the sneaker fairies may have come together to where maybe I can get a pair of these Jordan One Japans, but we have to wait and see. Uh, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. I'm gonna go a completely different route um, because of the 31 days. We'll backtrack, Mike. I need to tell you over the air. You can't be wearing those Nike socks with the Puma shoes, bro. Who, who, <laughs> who owns Puma socks? Tell me who got Puma socks. Ross does. Go get a pair. No. I'm not buying Puma socks. I mean, sorry, Mike. I do have some Puma socks. Ah, All right. I'll go buy Puma socks. I'm sure they're very cushioned, but I I, I saw the Nike sock and I went, man. I've never seen Puma socks before. Like, I'm not even being funny. Like, I just never seen them. I mean, they're out there. Trust. So Ah, that's fine. Go, go invest. We're okay. Um, but <laughs> the 31, uh, 31 pairs in 31 days, I just had to go outside and put a pair of shoes on. So I put on the, <laughs> the uh, Presto Hirachi or Hirachi Presto, whichever one it is. I believe it's the Presto. Her, uh, no, Presto React. I, I'm so brain dead right now. Yeah, Presto <laughs> React. That's what I wore to go just take a photo really quick. Come so, boys. They were by the front door. And, um, you know, for the second week in a row, I'm going with Vans and a really weird kind of choice. Last time I said the Vans National Geographic collection. This time it's the Vans Simpsons collection. So, so like, fire. I'm very, very interested. The Moe's Bar. Oh, my God. The skate. So, oh, I think they're just called the old schools. Yeah, that's the old schools. There's a Moe's Bar pair of old schools. With like the whole gang on it, so fire. I mean, that's just something that you could wear with no show socks, so people don't see the brand, Mike. And just like, <laughs> it's, it's a good look. Let me so, live, bro. Let me live. They'll come out um, apparently August seventh, and they're nice and cheap. So maybe I can talk myself into buying them. They're cool. I, I, I dig them. That's it. Yeah, good choice. Definitely good choice. Um, I uh, wore uh, Zoom Talarias today. Uh, the neon color, just super bright. I love those shoes. And uh, if you if you have followed me on Instagram long enough, you probably saw me post them dirty as hell like a couple years ago. And I haven't worn them in forever. But I ended up uh, Barry, who runs uh, Soulworks and United Kicks like actually cleaned a handful of shoes for me and I finally got those back on my feet. Um, he did a, he did a hell of a job. So if you need somebody to clean your shoes, 
I'm not talking about just being lazy and cleaning your shoes. Like, like, the, so the, those were like one of like, I think four kind of like beater shoes that I just wore all the time and never cleaned. And then I was like, this is way too much for me. I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to mess them up because they're super like rough suede kind of, you know, and, and I just, I was like, nah, I'm going to let the expert handle it. So shout out to, uh, shout out to Barry for, for hooking it up. Um, and then, yeah, as far as, as far as, uh, what I'm looking at copping, definitely that Vans Simpsons collab. The whole, the whole thing is, is super fire. Um, I don't, I don't know if I actually even have a preference. I kind of just wish I could get them all, but, uh, I'll, I'll pretty much take any of them. So hopefully they are actually available pretty easily. And as Robbie said, they're cheap. So can never, can never go wrong. Never go wrong, but I believe this episode will be airing tomorrow, right? Uh, no, it'll go, uh, Thursday. Uh, I I bring that up because Tuesday the 4th is Nick's birthday. I want to say that on air. (laughs) So, well, if you didn't tell him, tell him happy birthday. Just backtrack. It's okay. Go call Doc Brown, jump in the DeLorean, go back, wish Nick happy birthday. Throw on the Nike mags. Yeah, you got to throw on the mags. Send them, send, him, send him a pair of Vans, and life will be good. Yeah, for real. No, I appreciate it. Man. questions that the NBA calls both me and Nick to miss out on. Oh, um, man. So it's, to invest it. <laughs> it's still – what? like, I don't even – I don't even want to talk about it, man. It was heartbreaking because I was so looking at my phone like, holy crap, I completely forgot. No. Hold that feeling. Hold it, because we're going to talk about it in regards to a tweet, and that'd be a perfect time to discuss this. All and right, we'll hold it. I'll right, hold right, my, right. my sinus and tears until we get to this topic. Uh, all right. Well, before uh, last last bit of little uh, news before we get into the to the main topic, we didn't get a review this week. It's all good. We still love you guys. But if you got a chance, leave us a review on iTunes. Super helpful. It's really the only way that we're going to expand the community here listening to the podcast is, is, you know, incrementally bumping us up with more, uh, reviews, positive, negative. Honestly, we don't care. Just leave us some feedback and, um, hopefully it's at least constructive if it's negative because that's the only way we're going to get better at this shit. So, um, but yeah, um, I'm now that I, now that I, I got all that out of the way, I'm just going to toss it to Robbie because I feel like, I feel like we should just jump right into that tweet. Right. I think so, man. I mean, sure. Um, so let's see here. The OG Godfather, Nick's former coworker, Mr. Russ, dropped some crazy knowledge back on 724. So this was such a groundbreaking tweet. We, we're, we're talking about it eight days later, or I guess nine days later. I'm bad at math. So however, however many days it's been since the 24th, but just it really spoke to the souls. I'm making this way too dramatic. It really like spoke to the souls <laughs> and sneakerheads because at least one of us every single Saturday morning or Thursday evening or um, whenever Yeezy drop, like the random Yeezy app, you know, that kind of bull, bull stuff going on with it and you don't get what you want and you've been told that you want it for a very long time and that message is synced into your skin and now it's within you, and if you, you're going to feel like you're going to die if you don't have a pair of Travis Scott Jordans and you don't get them, 
like this tweet or these series of tweets probably speaks to you on some level. So let's just start from the top. Sneaker culture and quotes for culture because that's ultimately what it is now, right? It's kind of like a joke of itself sometimes. Mm -hmm. So sneaker culture in the 2000s has consisted of massively expanding the market for super limited edition sneakers and making none of them any easier to acquire. Should we go slide by slide or should we like slide talk? I think we just slide talk. Just yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, I kind of said my point and I'll hand it off to you too. Like the, the word sneaker culture has like been so blown up that now it, I feel like it means nothing. Like I think of us more as like enthusiasts if you really are, because the culture includes anybody with, you know, from age 11 to 60 with access to the internet, knowing they can make money off something. Like, that's not so much a culture anymore, but I'll let you two share your thoughts on it. Yeah. And I think it's more of like, there's cultures within the culture, which I guess makes it subcultures. But yeah, I think there's still, there's such thing as still a secret culture. I mean, there's like guys like us, guys like, you know, you know, Russ, you know, all the guys out there who, you know, huh? I was just making a joke because you said uh, a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, they're, you know, genuinely like 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 sneakers. Like, yes, do we sell stuff every so often? But our sole purpose is not to get to sell. Um, but the people who seem to make the most noise in the sneaker world are those who are a, you know, buying stuff just for the the flip, buying stuff just to get the couple clicks on IG because that's the trending shoe for you know for the next five days, whatever it is there. Yeah. There's a lot of subsections to it. And I think those are the ones that are louder compared to, you know, us, we, we will sit there and, and I say us is a broad term. So no one just think I'm being that kind of narcissistic and just talking about us three. So, um, it's just, it's differences. I think there's just differences. I don't know if it's the age gap because there's still dudes who are our age and older who are just buying shoes to flip. You see their IG videos of like hundreds of, you know, Say most random, like that Jordan 12, you know, that black and gold one showing us people's doors just to flip. I'm like, it, it's just a mindset. And I mean, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very weird. But I do understand his, his quotes around culture because there are lots of parts of it that are just a joke now. I mean, I think that this is this has always been a debatable thing, right? When I was at Complex, Russ and I would talk about this all the time, you know, sit next to each other on a daily basis. And I think that, you know, even with when like Clark would come in and, you know, Clark has always talked about how, you know, you can't love sneakers because they don't love you back. And there is no sneaker culture. There is no sneaker community. Right. It's just sneakers. And I understand what like he's trying to say there. But I also, you know, like we talked, we're going to record this episode. It's going to be roughly an hour long. So the reason why we talk about sneakers is because we enjoy sneakers. But, but beyond that, we enjoy talking to each other. We literally talked about other things for an hour before we started recording this podcast. And the three of us would not have connected if it weren't for sneakers. So to say there isn't culture and community, I, I get that like it's like washed out with all sorts of BS right now. But there's been times that that's always been the case, right? Like, I would say like the 2005, 2006, 2007 era, right? Like 
that like mid 2000s when the economy was not that great like there was a lot of just there was there wasn't like a whole lot of social media going on you had to be really in the weeds with the soul collector forums or iss or uh nike talk nike park all the old school you know chat um forums that kind of stuff everything was like that right like everything on the internet at that era you had to dive deep to find the culture like that's kind of the same as like a reddit now right or or like the way that you know people um have their own facebook communities and stuff it's just moved to different places but i think with sneakers like we could all think back to what to a time where we were into sneakers and and most of the people around us were not interested and that's the difference between like the people that are in the culture and in you know about the community and all of these things because yeah like you know you can look and see like, okay, everything's going to flip at some point, right? That's what it's been like for the past roughly 10 years. You got Jordans in the 2011, 2012 era. Then you've got some random ultra boost. Then you've got, you know, Yeezys and all, or then you've got Nike Yeezys and you've got ultra boost and you've got Adidas Yeezys. And then you've got Travis Scott's and, and off white. And like that, that nature of like the shiny objects for everybody that's not into sneakers is always going to exist and the people that really give a shit about the the people behind sneakers and the business of sneakers and the passion that everyone has behind it that's always going to be you know a part of the bigger picture but it's never been the biggest part of the picture right it's always been a small you know like I, i think and we'll get into this conversation a little bit but we're such a small minority in the big picture of who buys sneakers like as much as like we like to think that it's important that you know a few thousand of us or a hundred thousand of us buy some jordans or some dunks or some yeezys the reality is a million nike air monarchs is making nike way more profit it's it's going to be better for them to sell to all the people that are not listening to the podcast than to the people that listen to this podcast because we're such a small group but I do think that the more people get involved in the culture and the community of sneakers, whether that's, you know, just uh, like being active in social media around it in like constructive ways. Right. But like not just like hammering criticism, but like we all do it. Right. It's like, yeah, I saw somebody tweeted defund sneakers and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's a great, a great tweet, you know, <laughs> um, but like at the same time. I've been lucky enough to be doing this for a long time and I've been able to, to open the door for a lot of people who have been able to do a, a huge variety of things within the business of footwear and the business of footwear is billions and billions and billions of dollars. So to me, like, yeah, I understand like quote culture and I understand like seeing dudes eating cereal out of their shoes and I understand why that drives people crazy. I also understand why those people do it. So, you know, it's like, my my theory on it and and russ and i and even with clark like we would go back and forth on this a lot it's like i don't like a lot of the stuff but it doesn't it, like if i don't like it i just don't i'm not gonna post it on my page i'm not gonna reshare it like i'm not gonna i don't care right like there's a million people doing cool shit in sneakers right now there's 10 million people doing corny shit 
I can find a million, you know, I can find plenty of people in those million to become friends with, to network with, to build some shit with and to do cool shit with. So even though culture is defined by, you know, sneakers selling out and people eating, you know, out of their foam Yeezys, it doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't affect me. And, and it's taken me a long time to get to that point because I try to protect this whole thing that we have as something special, you know, and that's a really tough thing. And I think Russ and I could go back and forth on this a lot. And, and we actually recorded an episode, um, his story of getting into sneakers, but we weren't able to, we had some technical difficulties. So I'm going to have to get him back on so we can maybe dive into this a little bit deeper with him. But I think that him saying it is a very powerful thing because him being one of the OGs really helps. It really helps the people that don't like, yes, there's going to be people that are like, yeah, of course, he's saying exactly what needs to be said. But then there's also people that are somewhere in the middle that are going to learn something a little bit different and look and dive a little bit deeper into these tweets. So I think, you know, here we are trying to kind of expand on his thoughts and, and share more. Uh, so I'm not going to leave this slide yet because I think we got I put a lot of emphasis on culture, but like the shiny object and wanting like people to be included and being able to this swipe past or not reshare things you don't like within sneaker culture, that all works. But the second point here is like, so you're expanding the market of super limited stuff without making them more easy to get acquired. I know I'm not the only person to where, yeah, I can swipe by like, the kid with nine pairs of off-white fours behind him on a TikTok video, but I'm still freaking pissed about it. Like, yeah, it doesn't like affect me, but like, because I like the trap, um, the off-white shoes and I like Jordan fours and I have like, like both. I mean, I haven't really messed with Virgil that long. I just like his Nike stuff, yeah. but like the Jordan four, like me liking that shoe, like the fact that I can't even get one, but I can find a picture of like a 14 year old on allowance, like with nine pairs of them. Like that's, that's what like really pisses me off. Like the culture part. Yeah. You can slide through it, but like the product itself, not the people surrounding the product, like it keeps getting bigger and bigger. The amount of people that want that thing, but it's not any easier. And in fact, I would say it's harder than, for sure. I'm going to go wait out on a Wednesday. I'll call up from work in a heartbeat for a fucking pair of dunks. Are you kidding me? Like if it's like a good pair of dunks, like I just won't go to work that day. Like, it's way easier than like having to fight the internet to try to get a pair of shoes. So like I'll still get paid. I have sick time. I'll tell them I got like strep throat. Who knows? So it's like, <laughs> that's like way easier for me to deal with personally. But like this, the fact that I can't get things that not only I'm told that I want, but I was genuinely interested in 15 years ago in some way or fashion, but somebody else can get 10 pairs and then like rub it. I mean, that's ultimately what internet's for in those kind of posts. It's to rub it in. Like it's, it's, it can be all fun, but at the end of the day, like I have a shit ton of Jordan ones. Have you ever seen one photo of me lay them all out? And not like people are trying to be mean with those. I'm starting to get a little off track, but just like, the annoying, I bought 15 pairs of whatever release was today, or I bought a hundred pairs, you know, like that doesn't make 
ninety percent of looker like onlookers feel good. It makes them feel like pretty much negative emotion. So like that's what is more effed. It's like the product itself. I genuinely want it, and it's not if I just couldn't get it and the, the world went on fine. But the fact that I got to look at it from some punk kid. And if you're a kid, I'm sorry, I don't mean it that way. Like <laughs> for the next four days in a row, and then see the next thing the next four days, I maybe had a two day rest from a new. Yeah. So it's like that part of like the bigger and bigger market with a smaller and smaller scope is getting frustrating. For yeah. sure. I think, uh, sorry, Mike, I'm, I'm going to jump in real quick. I, I think, you know, this is like a, I, I'm having this with, with the Eric Emanuel questions, right? I missed out on them because I wasn't paying attention, but like I've been collecting Iversons since the originals and to not be able to get one, uh, you know, or a couple of the last ones that were relatively important to me. Like I stopped buying all of them because there's just too many people buying them. And I, part of what I loved about them is that I was able to get stuff and they were a little bit different, but I think too, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not definitely not saying to not be pissed about that stuff. I think, you know, we all have that experience and, you know, seeing somebody with the, you know, the flex pick of however many is to me, yeah, it's frustrating. It's corny. And at the same time, like, I also think that social media like we've talked about it so many times in the last couple of weeks where it's like people like the algorithm of, of, you know, Instagram just hammers the same shit at you all day long. So if you are into sneakers, you probably see 99% sneakers. Or if you're into Jordan ones specifically, you see 99% Jordan ones. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how much like we are so pigeonholed into these like, Oh, they like this. Keep putting it in front of them. And I think that's even more problematic or, you know, adds to it, right? It's like a double-sided sword in a sense where you've got the worst of things happening with the internet to begin with. And then you've got the internet, like, you know, stuff happening on top of that. And I think that, you know, I think it's, it's much different. Like, like, you know, Personally, like I would love to see your your Jordan One collection, Robbie. Like I think it'd just be dope. And and I know you weren't comparing those two things, but I think that's that's something that you know, at least just me being like optimistic. I hope that people don't don't get burned out by seeing you know the kid with you know ten pairs of off whites and continue to share their stuff. And that's kind of why like not to plug what we're doing, but like. That's kind of why this podcast exists, right? It's kind of why sneaker history exists because I want to be able to do these things like this 31 days, 31 pairs, 31 days. Like I want to do things that aren't just like programmed from the brands. It's nothing against the brands. I love all these people that I've met through them. I love the shoes. Like I have so many relationships because of them. I've got so many friends that have like, that are working on the other side of a lot of this stuff. Right. And you get to see them shine and get to see them open doors for other people is great. To me, though, like the community and the culture aspects, you know, of that of that thing that Russ posted is like. We determine it and I'm not saying that we determine everything and every trend that goes on, but like, you know, like, let's figure out ways to be like, you know, fuck the, the, the 10 pair reseller TikTok kid 
sorry, kid, love you. I'll teach you down the road when you come back around to being human. But like, <laughs> no, nah. I don't, I don't mean that to be like disrespectful to resellers. Cause obviously that's a, a big business. Right. And honestly, I like the idea of individuals getting involved in sneakers to, uh, you know, getting involved in sneakers in ways that will shape the, the industry on a much bigger level. Right. And that for sure has happened with like, you know, a footlocker investing in goat and a footlocker investing in, you know, uh, pencil and all of these other places that footlocker is now like supporting, you know, newer people in the, in the business to kind of run and grow and do and change the shape of everything. 1000%. And we'll get going to the next slide here. I do want to like clarify. It is cool if you want to take photos of all your shoes. Um, I'm sure you guys know Lars in one way or another. It's um, B-Boy Laspin or B-Boy LA Spin. He's in Germany, so I never spoken to him like in person. But he takes some of the craziest like 30 pairs of Jordan 5 photos or like every Jordan 6 he has. And they're super dope. So go follow him if you like seeing lots of shoes at one time. He's your guy. Um, so... The next slide here is it's reached the point where the most super hype sneakers are as much of a scam as the lottery is. A vast majority of people have zero chance of buying what they want. Pardon me. Zero chance of buying what they are being made to want most. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I can kind of pull a tandem on exactly what you guys said in the last slide. And that's, um, I mean, I go back to the same same pair of shoes Nick was talking about, the Eric Emanuel questions. I mean, I have this, like, I definitely have a love for questions. I mean, different, you know, everyone has a love for their own, own reasons. I mean, for me, it was like the first, you know, expensive-ish pair of shoes I got as my, you know, foot was growing. Like, I went to high school. It was my first pair of sneakers in high school. So, I was like, I just have a special place in my uh, my heart for that, for that sneaker. But when you hear things saying that, Oh, they sold out in 47 seconds. How's that? I mean, I don't think any human is that fast to move on a computer. So it sucks. It is like playing a lottery. Is like okay, they have X amount of inventory. I basically have a one, you know, a millionth of a shot because I'm I'm up against bots. So basically, it's, it's even worse than a lottery because it would be like the lottery of people were able to cheat. And. I think my frustration with it is not that people are getting them or not. I mean, that's life. People get things you don't get. That's just kind of how the whole game of, you know, everything works. It's cool. My frustration is, again, I don't know each person. So I say this broad, broad term, but it's more like I feel like people don't have the same respect for it as people who actually want them. Like, I know that if I was, I got a pair of them, I'm going to beat them to the ground in the sense that I'm going to wear them a lot. Um, but at the same time, you look back at another, you know, we're sticking with the Reeboks right now, the, a question release, the, the, the Bubba Chucks, the ones that were the Nice Kicks, nice kicks collaboration, sold out in, you know, half a second. And I have yet to see one person through my social media feed, which is 99% shoes, actually wearing them. So my question to them is like, cool, you won this quote unquote lottery prize. What are you doing with it if, you know, you're just going to sit on it to try to resell it or you just got it to, again, say you got it like, oh, I won. Now I'm like, crap, what do I do with this? So, yeah, it sucks because we I mean, Robbie, what was that? A couple weeks ago with the 
excuse me, the St. John's dunk, we both tried to get it, and we both, I think, were to a point throwing our phones out of a window because we were in line, and then literally it's like we, we were in line and sold out. Like, that made no sense to us. At least with the lottery, I know what I'm getting. Hey, I'm going to pick this random set of numbers, and I can win or I can not win. I am. I went to check out a product, and it's like, hey, you know what? Your your hundred bucks wasn't good enough for us today, and that's what it kind of feels like sometimes. I know things are limited, but a lot of times it feels like because I'm not investing the time to go get a bot or get in one of these you know stupid cook groups. I feel like the brands, again, no disrespect to the brands, but the way they're set up, I feel like they're saying, hey, your X amount of dollars for this pair of shoes isn't good enough for us today. I mean, I think that, yeah, it's the system itself is is really in need of some some changes and some impro- some improvements. I just don't know how it's going to happen because, you know, like the lottery, everybody's going into the same thing to try to get something right. It's like it's there's so many. All the brands are shifting more and more to online. Well, with coronavirus stuff, everything is basically online, right? Like there's a handful of places where you can pick things up in person, I guess, but primarily releases are happening online. Nike stores are mostly closed. You know, everything that's hot from Nike or Yeezys, you know, primarily sells through the websites. And you have hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, going to the same place to find this limited product. and to me, like, you know, the future of all this stuff, if the brands want to actually make it enjoyable again, and this is going to sound, it's probably going to piss some people off, but if, if I want to actually like be excited about buying sneakers online, I want it to show up in all sorts of different places. I want it to be something where it's much more randomized. I wanted to feel as close to walking into a store and seeing some stuff on the wall and being like, damn, I didn't know those were here. And unfortunately right now, everybody is, you know, has their, you know, cook groups feeding all the information. So no matter who puts a shoe up on Shopify, you know, it shows up in, in a cook group and sells out before the average consumer gets a chance to get it if it's a hot shoe. But I just, man, I, I think, uh, we should just skip to the next few slides because I just feel like this conversation is going to, is going to take a, a, a much deeper dive to get through. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. It is just frustrating. Cause like, am I the biggest dunk fan on earth? No. Have I enjoyed dunks since I was like in middle school? Yes. Would I like to purchase one of 11 pairs for retail. Fuck yeah. Like, come on. Like it shouldn't have to be that hard. But it is like winning the lottery to buy a $100 pair of shoes. So um, next slide here, we have it's a bunch of people who never win being convinced again and again that next time they'll have a chance when in reality they absolutely won't. And I think that's where other brands have great opportunities. I mean, this isn't the perfect example, but, you know, like the bigger animal is a cow has smaller animals like birds that like will land on its back and eat the little bugs on it. You know, a, a symbiotic relationship. 
So like the other brands, not Nike and not easy and other divisions within Nike and Adidas for that matter, they can all benefit from people letting go of chasing the carrot. Like, Oh, I'll get it next time. If I keep, if I keep running, I'll get it. When the carrot's always going to be a foot ahead of you, you, you will never be able to reach it. That gives you a great opportunity to go try a pair of the fantastic Air Max 90, you know, OG re-release. I mean, I bought three of those shoes now. I, were, I was able to purchase all three of them and I wear them more than, I mean, real, realistically here, since they released, I wear them more than any other model I've worn the entire year. And before then, I told you guys many times I didn't like Air Max 90s. I finally give in and it's buy pair. I'm like, oh crap, I like this. So I haven't been hitting on dunks, but I found a beautiful model that I did not know I enjoy. I found out I like the Reebok question. I found out I like these different things. So other people can do that. I'm I'm obviously still convinced that I'll eventually win. That's why I still enter every Saturday. That and the fact that I don't sleep. So I wake up at like six in the morning anyway. So it's like, oh, I'm already up scratching my butt. Might as well enter. But like <laughs> I had zero expectations. Like if I were to have the expectation of winning, I'd be like that Joker meme, like the the Joaquin Phoenix where he has. <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. I love those, the Nike tech fleece zip up. And he's like, <laughs> put in the clown wig on. It's like, oh, okay, thinking you're actually going to win this time. It's like, yeah, I'd let go of that. But letting go of it has let me see that the Air Max 90 and even like so the John Elliott. So I saw Mitch and Jacques and all these people wearing this John Elliott Air Force One. So I was like, all right, I haven't hit on anything in fucking a dog's age. So I'm just going to go buy these John Elliott's. They restocked. There was only one pair and that one pair was in my size. And I was like, all right, it's meant to be. I'm buying these and I love wearing them. So you can turn this negative into a positive, but that's, that, that's my take on this slide. Oh, that's very much so, man. I, I think that this is a twofold answer because A, just like you said, you have to be able to take that negative and go explore other options. All right, cool. You didn't get the Jordan one. You're going to try again next week. They're going to be, you know, there's a pair that releases every other week. Go try something else. You know, there's stuff out there that's, that's awesome. It gets overlooked because it doesn't have the the social following of hey, if you post this, you're gonna get a thousand, you know, gazillion likes off of it. Go expand your horizons. I think that's the thing. But at the, at the same time, I I think it sucks because my example comes from um, finish line. I was just I was going. I was like, oh, these are just you know things. You know, I want to get the raffles if I can get a, you know one of them. And then it became a joke because my, a couple of my buddies I have here due to raffles and I lost I think 10 straight raffles like just you they let you remember you go back to all your reservations you can see lost 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 I'm like okay now this is just a joke I want to see if I can go to the rest of the year with just losing raffles because there's just no way like how can you tell me that one out of ten of a, of a GR it was the freaking the Bugs Bunny sixes I'm like how did I lose a raffle for that there's a million of those things that are produced but I still couldn't get something basic. So it sucks because of things like that. But on the same time, everyone knows I like to just explore different things what's out there. So it gives me options to do that as well. So I think it's just like kind of a double-edged sword there. 
So I don't know if you guys have seen, um, it's, uh, I forget the name. Hang on. I got to look it up now. Um, minority. I don't know if you guys have seen minority report. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So, minority report. That not- <laughs> dude, I, t- I totally, I, I just totally drew a blank cause I was going to say something different, but then as you were saying that, I was just thinking like, as much as like we could go back and forth and debate this stuff and like, you know, obviously Russ has some great points and, you know, reading this about the idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea of, you know, never winning, but, but thinking that the next time you're going to win really is just like gambling. Right. And that endorphin, those endorphins that are created, that whole psychological mess that happens from this experience is so powerful and addictive. That's why people get addicted to gambling. You know, like this whole thing is just, is just the minority report happening in front of our eyes. Right. Nike knows exactly, you know, the, the psychological things behind us not winning a shoe and how much that drives us to the next one and the next one and the next one. And eventually we're going to get something, right? It might be something that we don't want as much, but we'll get it and it'll feel like, Oh, maybe I can get that next, you know, hot shoe or whatever quote, quote, win it is. And to me, this is like a much bigger thing. I don't want to villainize Nike as, as much as it sounds like I am right there, but everybody is going to do this, right? Like this is exactly why if I talk about, you know, breadsticks on the podcast, when I go to YouTube tomorrow morning, I'm going to get a commercial for some make it at home breadsticks. <laughs> and this is, this is, this is the nature of what we've created because it's almost like we're too smart for our own good when it comes to marketing. And I always have like a love hate relationship with this shit because I love it in a sense that it's fascinating to be able to say, Hey, you looked at my page or, you know, I want to send this to you and, and, or I want to put this ad in front of you and hopefully you'll click it and buy some product from the company I'm working for. And at the same time, I can understand how, you know, like addiction is, is really rough and, uh, you know, I'm, well aware and surrounded by it in, you know, essentially all sides of my family and seeing this and, and, you know, knowing, knowing Russ personally and, and knowing what he's been through and knowing the conversations we've had, there's definitely, you know, something deeper that he's, he's, you know, talking about here. And I think that's the thing, like we'll never be able to control it bigger the business, the, the more they're going to be able to do it, which to Robbie's point, you know, I, I guess, I guess you're calling Nike the cow in this example, but, um, <laughs> the, the birds flying around, like it is, a, it is a great time for all the other brands because, you know, look at, look at J Cole's Pumas, uh, you know, look at the Eric Emanuel questions, like look at a lot of these Vans releases that have come out surprisingly have sold out. I think that there, there's always opportunity for people to, go and try other things. The downside to all of this right now is that we see all these people flock to these new things as they pop up. And then that makes those things that much harder for the real fans to buy. But also the brands are getting smarter, right? Like, you know, what's more popular Vans shoes or the Simpsons? That's probably a toss up. The reach of both of those things is massive. 
but yeah. the the crossover between the two of them is equally massive on a on a whole different level. So it's it's I mean I really do hope that people can can you know step back and say look I'm going to try something different. You know like Mike you and I have talked about that with your channel on YouTube. I think that the opportunity for people to just go out and experience other brands you know, to understand where they're coming from. Even Robbie, like when we first started this podcast, like there was no, I would have never thought you would be wearing on running shoes or Reebok questions or Air Max nineties. But like, I think as people get handed the L every Saturday, it's like, look, I still love sneakers. I'm going to try to find something different. And inevitably you, you ebb and flow. And if you're a fan of dunks right now, you know, it's unfortunate, but like I could tell you, you know, the prices of all these dunks has just skyrocketed because of all of the celebrities and all the re-releases and all that stuff. I bought, I bought shoes, you know, three years ago that I don't want to say what I paid for them, but I bought like a <laughs> handful of dunks three years ago for significantly under retail for stuff that would sell on StockX for a lot of money now. And you know, un, uh, you know, for better or worse, it's almost like it's almost like you treat it like the stock market. And if you know to look the other direction when the shiny object is is in front of you, there's tons of stuff to find. You know, like yeah. right now, go scoop up Jordans, go scoop up, you know, old questions. No, don't scoop up old questions because those are that's what I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> go scoop up like you know some Adidas, some Adidas like Boost stuff, all the stuff that's discounted heavily. Eventually, there will be something that flips and people will be super into all that those things. And you'll either feel like you made the right decision by getting on board when it was when it was on its low point or you'll be able to sell the stuff and, and get some good money back from it, whichever way it, it turns out. You know, that's the sure. great way of putting it, because yeah. I do love shoes either way. So regardless, if I take an L well, when I take the L on Saturday morning, <laughs> I'm still going to be on Nike.com looking at – I search Air Max like three times a week and it's look at what Air Maxes there are. Have any gone on sale? I go on Index Portland and I look at old stuff like you just said. So it's like, yeah, I didn't get the shoe I was told to like this time, but I still go look and buy other Nikes like more than I want to admit to other people. So um, – We'll kind of just put these next couple together because they're going to touch on a lot of what we've spoken about anyway. So um, to kind of wrap up the last sentence, um, there's a bunch of people who never win, be convinced again and again, they will they'll win, but they won't. And in the meantime, the same lame influencers get seated the product no one can buy to make the same lame social media posts over and over and over again. So sneaker culture amounts to people lusting after a shoe they can't even buy driven in part by influencers who don't even like, who they don't even like. Basically, you have two choices. You can stay on the merry-go-round and accept the fact that the golden ring will forever stay tantalizingly out of reach, or you can get off the fucking ride. Imagine if music worked the same way. Imagine if the new J. Cole... Um, sold out the first day and your only option was um, spending a grand on it from somebody else. And that's what everybody's talking about. The whole shit is so broken and I don't think it's getting fixed. 
it's just wild to think that back in the early 2000s on Nike Talk, people would help you out if they could buy something that you couldn't. When the Reese Forbes SBs dropped, someone I knew off there offered to grab me a pair for what I for what the shop was selling them at two fifty. I passed because I thought two fifty was crazy for some dunks because it is. Um, you know how sneaker resale prices are set. The most money the dumbest fucking person on earth is going to pay for a pair of shoes. <laughs> Shit's insane. That's like the best quote of the whole thing because that's literally how it's price. Like that's literally what's the dumbest motherfucker. Like, I mean, what's the saying? A, a dummy is born every minute or something. Like, you know, whatever dummy anecdote you have. But there's, there's a dumb person with money somewhere at all times. So it's like whoever can sell the highest, whoever can get the biggest fish to bite, you just won. So it's like, I'll make that my last point about this. Like that's what's most frustrating to me is that like a $250 pair of shoes, I guess a good equivalent to that would be like a phone posit, like a, a galaxy phone, the galaxy phone posit. So the galaxy phone posit about 250 bucks, like 225, whatever, like that shoe is so sick, but it was so hyped up. Everybody's telling them they want it. Everybody finally had the light bulb go off in their brain that they could buy that shoe and make money because everybody wants it. Supply and demand's been around since humans have been around. So it's like, it doesn't take rocket science, but it's just come down to the dumbest person paying the highest amount. And then that's what the bar is. And ever since galaxy phone posits have been un unobtainable and they will never be obtainable and I think it's one of the most genius, thought out, beautiful shoes ever made. And I will never own it. And that fucking sucks. So how about you two? I mean, I think <laughs> I think you've got to own up to at some point being the dumbest person. So you spend the two grand on, on Galaxy phones. You know, like, I mean, I know I'm the dumbest person certain times buying Reebok questions that nobody on earth wants. So I, I, I totally understand, though, like it's it pisses me off and it's so frustrating, but that's just the nature of everything, right? Like the sneakers is like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, I think you already said it, but like, this isn't new in the grand scheme of things. Like this is literally just like the way the world works. There's always going to be people with tons of money that can throw money at shit that they suddenly think is important and we're stuck without it. Yeah. I mean, when you're, you're, you know, dumb for lack of better words and bored, yeah, you can just throw money at, at anything and be like, all right, cool, I'll get them. I mean, and that sucks. I mean, that's what set the market for pretty much anything. I mean, anytime there's like a, God, I can't remember what car it was. I think it was like when the, the vet came out with the Stingray or it was like a new Mustang GT500. So because some jackass decided to, he couldn't live without it. He offered X amount of dollars, which drove the, market price which should have been about 50 grand to you know a hundred thousand dollars so it, it happens for everything it's just more visible to us because these happen every week um and it sucks i mean you, you look at the going back to the influencer thing i don't count i mean i guess the dumb influencers we will say is just the ones who have no real love for sneakers i guess or that we know of we're just doing stupid stuff like was it one of the paul boys eating cereal out of a freaking dr1 like I even know that dude likes sneakers. To be fair, I don't follow him at all. But it's just – it does suck knowing that people who don't care are still the first ones to 
sometimes the brands or whoever is is looking at because they get the most eyes on them. So I mean, it sucks for people who really do like the product, but I think you know, just Nikki, like you said, is is sometimes happen all the time. It's not changing. We just I think we just have more eyes on it now. Well, and it's also on all the people that repost that shit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's like, why do why do a million people need to repost it? If you don't like it, it's it goes to the age old theory is like, if you have a good experience somewhere, you might tell one or two people, but if you hate something, you're gonna tell the whole world. And just like the video today of the, the kid putting the cereal inside the Easy Phone Runner, everyone's like, ugh, I hate it. But there's a gazillion reposts because they want to show their friends how much they hate it, which in turn gives that person attention to be the next influencer to get the shoe that you wanted for free now. So. We're kind of our own downfall at that point. 100%. And I mean, it's, Mick, you said just to be the dumbest person and cough up the two grand. But in my book, me coughing up 800, that's already being the dumbest person for a pair of phone posits. So, like, <laughs> I get what you're saying, but like, I would legitimately pay, if someone has a real pair for $800 dead stock, I got you. Like, that. Like, I'm supposed to be buying a house, but I will pay $800 because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> like that's, that's just not where my comfort level it is with the world around me. So I can't afford them, but you know, saying why can't a normal dumb high number just be the dumb high number? Why does it have to be a really, really dumb number? Why can't yeah. it be an idiotic spend? You know, like, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Instead of, I just missed rent two months in a row. Two fifty is like, that's what I'm still questioning. Like, why did I buy this? But I'm not too mad at myself. I'm like, all right, two fifty, whatever. But I see anything like in that 300 plus mark. I'm like, there is no way in hell I'm about to buy it. It's just me. And everyone's price point is different. I just don't see the value. And I'm going to wear it and it's going to eventually fall apart on me. See, that's where you got to open your horizons, though, because you would buy so much cooler stuff that you like if you just spent $300 less often. I mean, spent $300 less often instead of spending $150 more often. But that's a whole other conversation. I mean, I think I think that like is, is a part of the ups and downs of, of being like a sneakerhead or whatever you want to call us. Right. Like for me, you know, I'm. I'm more likely to, you know, speaking of like influence and influencers, like I think that I'm more likely to buy a pair of shoes um, that's suggested from somebody in the Patreon and Discord, you know, that <clears throat> I've had conversations with that they find something on sale and, you know, try something that way. Like for me, there's more influence in that like kind of tight group of people that we have that we have normal conversations with. Yeah. And then like the next level of that would be like my friends in, you know, sneakers that might get a pair of shoes or have access to shoes early or like that work for the brands where they're like, Oh, you got to check this one out. Cause it's going to be nice. It's going to, it's good. You know, those types of people. And like, I don't, I don't follow the, the Paul, guys or whatever either and um but like seeing that stuff doesn't appeal to me at all yeah. and <clears throat> i think that's like the influence thing is really interesting because you know i hope that if you're listening to this podcast like i influence you in a sense so you can just be like 
yeah, I didn't win on this, but I got this other thing and I'm still just going to enjoy this shit and talk to people that actually enjoy the shit. And I'm not saying that that's going to work every Saturday because we all have our moments where it's just like, you know, how many times have you deleted the sneakers app off your phone? Like, <laughs> like I think that the, the ebb and flow though. And like, like to Robbie's point about spending $300, you know, some, sometimes that is a part of it. And sometimes it's not, there are times when I don't spend money on shoes for months at a time. And then I buy some like one pair that's, you know, significantly more than retail. There's times when I buy tons of shoes for a lot less, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely uh, an interesting place to kind of look and see where you're at with, with all the things. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, eh, everyone's again, that's going back to just the culture thing. Think about culture. Everyone's got their own deal. So to each their own, that's the beauty of the, the sneaker culture. We don't all have to like the same thing or go out, you know, whatever it is, even though there's a lot of people who like the same thing. It's okay. But being diverse in your choices and your collections, that's what, that's what gives us the conversations. I mean, that's I think just, just finding the people you vibe with, right? You know, that's, yeah. that's probably the toughest part because, you know, there's, there's so much, there's so many nuances within sneakers now and nothing against all those different nuances, but like, I don't connect with a lot of them the same way that I would have, you know, in 2001 when I was crazy buying and, and, you know, like when I first started really getting like spending a ton of money and being all about sneakers all the time. And that's just because the community has gotten so much bigger. And I think that the, the, you know, the business has gotten so much bigger. So you can always kind of reel it in and, and focus and find people that you vibe with. And, you know, like, um, a guy named Greg became a patron, a patron member recent, like a few months back, but was, was talking to me on our discord channel or on our discord, um, server and was just saying how like he appreciated what we talk about because it's, you know, he has similar background, similar passion for sneakers. And uh, he feels like a lot of the other stuff that's out there is a lot of the new stuff. And that is, that is kind of where I would like to, be with all of the stuff that we're doing. Right. I don't think it's bad, you know, like there are certain shoes that I don't like, but I think like, you know, whether it's the union fours or, you know, Cortez or some, you know, Ronnie five Asics, all this stuff falls into the same category and you just got to find the people that you can vibe with. And then you don't get frustrated as much. And then also you can share your, you know, losses with each other on Saturday mornings and, send virtual hugs and all of those things when <laughs> you need to just support each other and, you know, lend a shoulder to cry on. I think that's the truth. <laughs> I think I almost said preach, but I think we've preached in the past tense pretty, pretty heavily tonight. So yeah, definitely. I, I, I sorry, I can get on a little, a uh, bit of a rant there, but, um, we all did not yeah. just, I think we all did. Yeah, we definitely did. It's okay, but, though. Yeah, yeah. And we'll put a link to, to Russ's tweet. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's, it's a handful of tweets, but it's, it's good to read. I know we read it pretty quickly, but it's, it's, it makes you think about how it all works. And 
definitely shout out to Russ for, for still kind of, I guess I would say stirring the pot of sneakers to make people get outside their comfort zone with, with what they're thinking about and looking at instead of just thinking, fuck this shit or damn, this all sucks. It, it makes you kind of understand that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a much different beast right now than it ever has been for better or worse. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Right on. Well, uh, we appreciate everybody rocking with us. Uh, my name's Nick Ingvall. You can follow me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. Uh, more importantly, just follow at sneaker history on, on all the social media platforms. And, uh, if you do have a moment, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you're looking for other ways to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash sneaker history and, uh, join our Patreon there. And then that'll get you access to our discord group which a lot of conversation and good stuff going on there. And, and we'll be working on that in the next coming weeks as well. So um, guys, let them know how they can find you. Yeah, of course, sneaker history. You can also find me at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Matt watcher 789. And of course on YouTube at just Mike Guillory, Robbie, where can they find you, sir? You can find my cat sleeping next to me for the entire hour and seven minutes we've been recording. But uh, <laughs> you can find me at R A H B E E seven zero two. And she just woke up. Nice. All right. <laughs> right on. All right. We appreciate all of you listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Meow. <laughs> what up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneaker history. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what the conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.